Welcome back to Entertainment Talk. Today we're here to do another film review. This one's going to be for Zack Snyder's Justice League, also known as the Snyder Cut. I'm your host, Matthew. Joining me today, I've got two ho- co- two co-hosts. They are Robert and David. How are you both doing? I'm doing well, thank you. Good. I'm doing good. Uh, but uh, yeah, we're here to yeah review Zack Snyder's Justice League. Four years in the waiting i suppose after the uh disaster that was the uh justice league as it's been sort of nicknamed uh we yes. won't talk too much about that old terrible film because we're here to talk to focus on the, uh, the the better side of things uh but let's go kind of round the metaphorical table i suppose um robert go first what did you think spoiler free we'll stick with spoiler free for now what did you think of uh snack zack snyder's justice league I think it's exactly what you would expect from a Zack Snyder film. Probably about 20% of it was shot in slow motion. Um, <laughs> everything took way too longer than it needed to. And it was really dark and depressing, like pretty much every movie he's ever made. So no real shockers there. Mm-hmm. Did you like it, though? It was all right. It had its moments, for to be sure. Okay. David, how about you? Uh, I really enjoyed it. I mean... Um... Yes, I agree with absolutely everything Robert said, but you kind of expect that going into a Zack Snyder movie. And in actual fact, although it was quite dark, um, they did. There was some reasonable amount of humour, like levelled throughout of it from some of the characters. So I, I think they he balanced it reasonably well. Than maybe he did with something like Superman, um, which was very much like no humor in it at all really um i i think it balanced out a little bit better in this there was a bunch of things in there that were put in there just for the sake of ooh, that's cool let's put that in there but um again you expect that in a Zack snyder movie plus the entire reason for this existing was to please the fans so and he had like four hours to kill so why not you know <laughs> Um, but overall, yeah, I, I enjoyed it, and I certainly thought it was a it was a far more coherent film than the original um, cinematic release. So mm-hmm. I think it did its job. Yeah, well, it was to please fans and to also during the pandemic put something on HBO Max that had already been filmed and almost ready to go as well. Well, yeah. So you had that going on. So uh, it's a good thing that HBO Max became a thing, and good thing that we got the film in the UK on the same day. Yeah. Um. Which was very, very important, and I'm very happy that that happened. So, um, I think this film's incredible. Uh, there were several moments that I really, really enjoyed. There's a couple of things I didn't enjoy quite so much. David knows what I'm hinting at, and we will talk yep. about uh, we'll talk about some of those things in a little bit. Um, I mean, I've been thinking because we've had you know a little bit of time. I wanted to give everybody a bit of time to not just watch the four hours of this film, but to actually digest it. Because uh, there's a lot in here. Um, so yeah, I did the kind of first impressions thing last week. Just sort of watched the four hours of it. And then did did like an initial impressions kind of podcast. Um, but yeah, it's probably up there with DC's best films. Alongside what else would you say is up there? Dark Knight, probably. Um, Joker. So some of those other films. Maybe a couple of Superman films. That sort of thing. Um, I think Zack did a really, really incredible job here. And um I would say I'm looking forward to seeing what's next, but uh, I think we should go on to um, Anna. Her name is Anne-Marie Sarnoff. She did an interview, I think it was with with, uh, Variety, 
and uh, I won't go through all the questions and whatever, you can read the article yourself, you could probably still find it on Variety, or if you search for Variety Snyder Cut you'll probably be able to find it. Um, she essentially was asked, you know, do you have, uh, she's the, by, just to clear it up, she's the listed as the CEO of Warner Brothers, not Warner Media, but Warner Brothers, so she's, you know, very much in charge of, of certain things, because um, you've still got Walter Hermada from what I understand, who's the head of DC Films, but she's the CEO of uh, Warner Brothers, so you've got that. And she essentially came out and said, you know, we don't have any plans to continue the Snyderverse, uh, or the Snyder, you know, do do more of his sort of films, because it was supposed to be Justice League 2 and 3 as well, so it doesn't look like they have plans to, to, ha to make that happen. Um, so there's that as well. She also did say in regards to like other things fans have been asking for that they have no plans to, to do the Ayer cut, David Ayer's Suicide Squad cut from uh, 2016. Um, just to kind of touch upon this because I think this is very important for this review as well. I don't know why after, because that interview came out, I think it was Sunday last week and the Snyder cut came out on Thursday. I don't know why after all the buzz and excitement around both the release of the Snyder Cut and people actually watching it and loving it and that kind of thing why you'd do an interview or whatever for three four days later and essentially be like oh you know this this big film that we've released now we have no plans for that we're going to go back to what we've been doing is basically what they what, what she kind of said in that um because to me to, to make a little bit of a sort of MCU comparison this would be like because this is supposed to be, you know, the dark side villain kind of big bad story and things like that. This would essentially be if... Do you remember? I can't remember which MCU film it was. I think it was Guardians of the Galaxy. Remember that post credit scene? He picks up the Infinity Gauntlet. And it hasn't got anything on it yet. You know, no, no stones or anything. He picks that up and he says... Um, what was it? He said, I'll, I'll do this myself. And then you think, oh, you know, you, we, we knew Thanos was on the way, but he'd been shown and teased. It's almost if, like, that happened with Marvel, and then Kevin Feige turned around and said, like, oh, no, we're not doing this uh, Thanos storyline. That's essentially what this uh, woman has said about Snyder Cut. It's like, oh, you know, this dark side teaser and, and that kind of thing. Um, no, we're not going to be kind of continuing that. Uh, David, I'll go to you first. What do you think of the comments there and sort of the well i'll say um, the plan but the lack of plan <laughs> well i mean i get it i i get why she's saying that because obviously you know after you know released the snyder cut that we've now got restore the snyder verse trending yeah, yeah. everywhere so changed, i understand yeah. why she came out and made the statement afterwards and basically said no we're not doing that i, I um I mean, the decision not to move forward with it seems like a slightly odd one, although I think internally they've possibly decided they've sort of moved past it at this point, and they've got a bunch of other films in development. Um, it's still not a very coherent plan. I mean, that's the, the biggest issue with DC compared to Marvel is the fact that Marvel had a very solid plan from very very early on of where they were going to go with these movies and dc just didn't or they did with zach and then they kind of ditched it and then they said okay we'll we'll let him do this version of the film but they've kind of gone off in multitudes of other directions at this point and i, I so i, I sort of see why they're not gonna continue it i don't particularly agree with that decision but um 
I, you know, it, it's it's an odd one because I think there is money for them to be made out of this. Oh yeah, um, yeah. But there are a couple of issues behind it. Partly, getting everybody to come back is a problem because you know Affleck basically, although he came back and did a couple of pickup things for the Snyder Cut whether he would be prepared to come back and do Batman again after that. You've got the whole issue with Ray Fisher about whether he would ever actually step foot on a DC film again, um, which he's made very clear that he doesn't want to. So um, I, I don't know. I, I'm, I, I think that may be part of it. and Maybe the fact that they've had issues around that is one of the reasons why they decided they're not going to go back for it. And they've, they've sort of set things up in a different direction at the moment. I don't see a coherent kind of plan moving forward. They seem to be doing a series of unconnected one-off films with some of them based around the sort of Snyderverse stuff like, you know, Aquaman is in that universe. Um, Harley Quinn is obviously in that universe. Technically the upcoming suicide squad movie is in that universe, but it, yeah it's it's just a mess at the moment um and i can i can sort of see why they maybe just don't want to hand the reins back to zach to do it even though this has been hugely popular um i, I don't necessarily think that's the right decision uh, uh i i think the thing with Zack snyder is if you basically let him get on with it and stop interfering which i mean arguably the the issues with this was what you know with big was the fact that he had to leave halfway through which you know with nobody's fault it was you know a tragedy but um then you had interference in the suit in the david era suicide squad movie which definitely was warner brothers fault so mm. you know um i think if they're gonna hire these directors they sort of need to leave them to get on with it and um let them do what they're gonna do uh so i you know i i, I don't know it seems like a weird choice to to not maybe go back and you know if they even consider continuing this in any way but mm-hmm. The problem for me is, like, you've got a plan set out here, because Zach has openly said, you know, I had plans for number two, number, you know, Justice League 2 and 3, there was this cyborg story idea I had, I was going to do this and that and whatever else, and it's sort of like, okay, Zach's explained, well, because you've got different, you know, different directors and stuff, like you've got Patty Jenkins with, with Wonder Woman and that, so you've got different sides of things, um... But it's essentially because Zach was going to do kind of arguably the main part of it with the Justice League, which is sort of the main part of of that sort of thing. Um, It's sort of like Anne turns around and says, "Okay, yeah, there is a plan, but we're going to kind of throw it in the bin. So, yeah, but uh, I don't know. Uh, Robert, what do you think of all of all of that? Yeah, I mean, there's so much drama, not even just with the director and everything with that. It's just like some of the actors are having issues now. Um, there's so much to unpack with everything. It's almost impossible anymore. Marvel kind of did it right the first time because they had their properties and then they had a, a coherent plan from the start and they didn't really get ahead of themselves. Um, everything with Suicide Squad, that movie was a gigantic mess. Um, nobody was really shocked that the original Justice League was a giant mess because you have two polar opposite directors tackling the same project yeah um outside of that 
honestly, I don't know what they're going to do with the properties anymore because DC has so many characters and so many movies, yet they just keep making Superman and Batman over and over and over again. <laughs> yeah, don't don't worry though; they got Plastic Man coming. So, <laughs> yeah. the, it, that, that's the thing. I mean, you look at you look at the properties that DC actually have. DC own all their own stuff, whereas Marvel don't. And Marvel have still managed to make that work, you know, because they sold all the X Men off. They sold all, they sold Spider Man off, and okay, they've now got the X-Men back, but for many years they didn't, and they, they still managed to make that work, and even bringing Spider-Man across by doing a deal with Sony. You know, they, they, they found a way around it of, of making that work for them, despite the fact that they didn't own all their characters. Mm. Whereas DC own everything, and I think that's part of the most frustrating thing for me, is because I'm a you huge, huge fan of yeah. DC. You had you have everything there, and you're telling me out of all the people that are involved in DC comic books, you couldn't find one guy that could sit down and go, okay, here's what we're doing, and and map out a coherent, long-form plan. I mean, the other issue, of course, was the, they did try to run before they could walk. They went straight into the um you know the dark side story killing superman you know they they just they that should have been you know six movies in at least and they basically released one superman movie a superman batman movie and then went straight to justice league without doing solo films for anybody else i mean that that their whole strategy was wrong in the first place which is why it's always been such a gigantic mess i think Mm-hmm. They were just looking at Marvel and worried that they were running behind instead of looking at their own thing and doing their own thing. And that's always been the, the issue. And, you know, um, they seem to have more success with the individual films. So it seems to be that's what they're maybe trying to do now and not do a connected universe. But um, it just it seems like such a ridiculous way to run it when you could have somebody in control of everything and sit down and, and and work that out and do some sort of long form plan for it. But, mm-hmm. you know, I think, yeah. And it's not from their lack of trying. I mean, they're, they're trying really, really hard. I don't know if you've been following the casting for, uh, the unofficial official sequel to Shazam for yeah. uh, black Adam, but they've, they've nailed down some really impressive cast for that. They just yeah. cast, Pierce Brosnan, eight. Yeah, they've got Aldous Hodge as Hawkman. Um, yeah. Aldous Hodge, you probably would know him best from uh, Leverage. He did five years on that. That was a really good show. And so, just as a curiosity, that movie is really starting to intrigue me. But there's no guarantee that it's going to be good. Um, mm, right. But they have all this talent. They have all the star power they could ever want, and they just continue to crank out mediocre movies. <laughs> Yeah. I mean, and the the most impressive trailer I think that's been released so far, the new Suicide Squad trailer, looks hilariously good fun. Uh, um, but of course, it's James Gunn who is, who was essentially a Marvel director uh, until Marvel made a misstep and fired him temporarily. So, yeah. which is how DC got him. But I mean, that and that looks like a wonderful, stupid amount of fun that that film, and and sort of what the original Suicide Squad really should have been in the first place. Um, so, you know, I, it's. 
there are interesting things coming and you know the black adam film does really intrigue me as well because the cast does look really good and you the people involved in it are are um very into those characters as well you know they're fans of the characters already so it's there are some interesting things coming it's just this this lack of connectedness that you sort of feel should be there and it's all kind of fallen to bits into individual separate disjointed films at this point yeah the rock is a huge fan of the black adam character and he basically just willed that movie into existence yeah Yeah, Um, totally so yeah i mean that i'll probably catch it if and when it ever comes out but like i said there's just so much of a history with the dc characters and they have rights to everything they never had to sell them off to keep from going bankrupt and they just don't know what to do with them Mm. yeah uh so let's go to some of my notes for this actual film. Um, we'll start off with, with some spoilers. Some spoiler-free ones I think I can probably mention in here. Uh, I want to just get my biggest negative out of the way. David already knows what it is because we talked about it uh, off the air on Wednesday. Um, I think that Joker in this film, played by Jared Leto, is horrible. I, I could not... Be- I, I didn't hate the scene. Like, you know, uh, Ben Affleck's Batman's great in there and everybody else that's involved in that particular scene. I'm not going to say what the scene is, but uh, that particular scene was, was really good. But um, I can't stand that version of him. I, I started to almost kind of... Uh, not cr- I almost kind of cringe at just... Like, his, his laugh and everything. I mean, Joker's laugh is supposed to be, like, really iconic and everything and... Just that I I don't know I wasn't impressed with that version of him in 2016 Suicide Squad and and I know a lot of people have said oh you know if we ever get the David Ayer cut which Anne has no plans to uh, release as she said in the interview um, I didn't like him in that film I don't like him in this film and I don't really have any interest in seeing that version again whether or not we do you know obviously it doesn't seem like we're gonna get the Ayer cut but whether he shows up in something else in the future. I can't stand that version of the Joker. Um, what do you guys think, uh, David? I'll go to you first. I know we kind of disagree a little bit about that. Yeah, we we do disagree a bit there. I I'm okay with that version of the Joker. I actually don't mind him at all. Um, I, you know, I I the thing with the Joker is there are very many different versions of that character, both on screen and in the comic books. There is not really one definitive take on it. Uh, and it is a very different take, that version. Um, there have been versions a bit like that in the comic books as well. So, uh, you know, I, I'm sort of okay with that version of it. I know the laugh is a little weird, but I also find that really kind of dark and creepy as well. I don't, It doesn't annoy me in the same way that it seems to do you. Um, <laughs> so I, I'm actually, I, I could stand to see more of, that version potentially um moving forward um you know ju- just because i think it's a slightly different interesting take on it and i think it was always going to be a difficult thing to do being the next version of joker um and so i think they needed to go in a very different direction um mm. you know to the the dark knight one and um so I, I can sort of see why they went down that road, um, I, I, but I'm yeah I'm okay with that that version of it. Uh, I I think the scene itself is utterly unnecessary, but <laughs> um, yeah. you know uh, it, it serves really serves zero purpose and. Uh, 
I mean, that was the scene that and, and the the very final end scene uh, were the only two things that they actually reshot uh, or you know shot additionally for the film apparently, and um, you know, it, if had this been a cinematic release of two two and a half hours, that scene shouldn't have been in there in that version of the cut. It was only because it was four hours long that that scene, I think, ended up in there because he could get away with it. But really, I mean, there's absolutely zero purpose for it being there. Mm. Um, but I, I like the interaction, particularly between um, Ben's Batman and Jared Leto as, as Joker. I thought that the the sort of war of words between them, I thought was really good. Um, so mm. I like what they did with it. I just, I mean, the scene itself, I don't think actually needed to be there, but I you know, have no issue with that version of Joker particularly. Mm. His laugh was almost too sort of wheezy for me. And yeah. like, there's, there's that little part where Batman's walking away from him a little bit and he's laughing and I'm just like, what, what are you, I don't know what you're doing. <laughs> it was just, I don't know, really, really didn't work for me. Uh, Robert, what do you think of, um, this particular thing? Uh, I'm kind of neutral on the scene. I completely agree with David that it was kind of unnecessary and it definitely would have been cut in the theatrical release. The weird thing is that it actually reminded me of his, of uh, Jared Leto's performance in the upcoming Morbius movie. And I completely forgotten about that because we got that first trailer <laughs> right, but be- right before uh, lockdown started hitting everyone everywhere with the uh, COVID and That'll probably come out next year. Um, I am definitely frustrated because, and I've talked with uh, Matt about this before, is that we're somebody that would make just the most phenomenal Joker ever, and he's never in a million years going to get the chance to do it. Uh, There's a comedian by the name of Christopher Titus, and if you can find it online, he did a special about 10, 15-ish years ago uh, called Norman Rockwell is Bleeding, and he just opens up about his life and everything and you just watch that and you're just like this man would just make the best joker of all time because (laughs) his mom is insane i mean like literally committed insane he has a history of insanity in his family um and he's just been through a ton of crap in his life but he processes that through humor he's a comedian obviously and if you just watch that movie is like a primer of how to be a joker and it's just phenomenal and he would do such a good job but he would never get cast in that role um just because he's not that well known i mean he he does specials every now and then um i'm familiar with him i doubt either of you have seen any of his stuff um but yeah definitely check out that special if you can find it online definitely watch it it's about an hour and a half long well worth your time Mm-hmm. Do you know who I think would make a good Joker? Somebody that's already done an M- uh, not MCU, a Marvel villain, uh, William Defoe. I think he'd be very, very good. If you look at that performance, I know it's kind of a little bit older of a performance. It was what two thousand and two or something. Uh, yeah. the, the first Spider-Man, Sam Raimi, uh, Tobey Maguire mm. film. Um, he was really, really like that. That that laugh that he does as Green Goblin in a few scenes is better than the. What we kind of had in here, but um, I I think he'd be I think he'd be great. Wasn't he the villain in like Deathloop or something as well? That Netflix film that nobody really enjoyed. I think he's he's done some other kind of villainous roles. Here well, he was there. in the Aquaman movie. Yes, he was. Oh yeah, yeah, 
yeah. yes. So there was that. Um, I I think he'd make a great Joker. Or alternatively, alternatively, what they could do is I know it's very unlikely. Uh, get Joaquin Phoenix to do something. I mean, he already did the role and he did it really well. So. I don't know, but uh, Joker's just such a big thing for, you know, obviously a massive, massive thing for the future of DC, and I just don't quite trust Jared to do that, but uh, he probably will be, so we shall see. Um, what else can I kind of talk about um, that's kind of spoiler-free? Uh, Cyborg, I thought was, was awesome in this film. Um, I remember saying on my First Impressions podcast last week that I'm going to go and get a, uh, you know, I've got those lego minifigures the dc ones uh i've got like a bunch of dc characters and stuff uh, i haven't looked into buying one yet but i'm going to add uh, cyborg to that collection um and i didn't feel that way about him before this film so it was purely based on his story and ray fisher's performance and him actual ha- actually having something good to do in this one as opposed to the 2017 version um just yeah brought so much light and lightheartedness to the character it made cyborg seem like more of a actual character and uh it made me um it got me to actually understand him better as a character not just like not just functionally how he works as cyborg because sure he's a machine but okay what can he sort of do we we got that displayed very 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 well in this film um but just as a you know character himself uh was just so so much better and we did you know zach did say a good few years ago that cyborg was at the heart of the film and uh, I think that paid off fantastically well. Um, David, what do you think of Cyborg in this film? Um, yeah, I think I said uh, on my show when we did a sort of little review for our, I, I can see why Ray Fisher was so upset. Oh, yeah. Uh, uh, you know, because the entire film is basically based around Cyborg. Um, and to have another director come in and i mean regardless of of all the other stuff that you know he said went on behind the set i mean you know there was all that as well but just from having your role cut from what is in this film to what ended up in the joss whedon cinema um cinema release i i mean it's like night and day between the two because he was basically ostracized to being a side character mm. in uh, I, I mean as as to a certain extent was uh, flash as well i mean one of the things about this film overall is it it feels like it is a group movie it feels like yes okay yeah. batman and wonder woman are leading it a bit but you do feel like there is a far more cohesive kind of group of them um whereas i think with the cinematic release you very much felt, oh, here's Batman, here's Wonder Woman, and here's some other people. You know, <laughs> it, it was yeah, it, yeah. it was very unbalanced compared to to what you got in this one. And uh, but yeah, I mean, Cyborg is is really is the heart of the entire film in this cut, um, and it makes a huge huge difference. And I think they handled the character really well. It's um, um, interesting to see some of the backstory of him, which we really didn't get before either. And you know, just it, it makes far more sense. I mean, the the changes that Zach did make. I mean, regardless of you know, yes, the long shots and all uh, you know, and sticking stuff in just for the sake of shoving it in, there is all that in there. But overall, I think the story is way more coherent in the the uh, this version of the film than it was in the cinematic release. Um, you know, everything makes a lot more sense, and and the uh, you know, 
I, I if I was Ray Fisher, I'd be really upset by that as well. Because, I mean, that was a massive, massive change that they made to the story. Mm-hmm. And not a change for the better. No, you know, so. not. Yeah. Because, yeah, even after the 2017 version, whatever it is that we're calling that old film. A lot of people call it the Justice League or whatever, but, you know, the, the, yes. the, the, the old version of the film. Um, I didn't... I mean, I didn't dislike Cyborg after that film. I just thought, okay, it's kind of a side character. But to have the change to that and, you know, as I kind of just expressed my feelings about the character is a clear and sort of positive change. So uh, very, very happy about that. So it would be really great as well if he was in the Flash film, which he got sort of pulled out of or he pulled himself out of it, I suppose, because obviously he doesn't want want to work for DC anymore so that's a shame um he kind of got replaced a little bit by uh is it sasha carly um her uh supergirl character which are which i'm all right. for her you know supergirl being in the film and that but um yeah it would have just been what well, all i'm saying is it just it would just have been cool to have cyborg in that film and uh i'm guessing teaming up with flash but that's not going to happen now so mm. anyway uh, uh robert what do you think of cyborg in this film yeah it, i completely agree with david they the changes in the character that, you know, got for the original release, um, way better in the new movie. But to be fair, all the characters got a lot more time and yeah. a lot more backstory. Um, Ezra Miller's Flash, we got to see a little, a lot more of that. And I'm kind of on the fence with the changes for that character, but we can get back into the spoiler section. Um, it's definitely a bummer that Ray Fisher is not going to continue on anymore in the DC universe because he did a really good job as Cyborg, and I completely get now why he, why he was so mad yeah. about the the original cut. That just, I mean, that just was gutted. There's yeah. no, really no other way to st- describe it. That his character was completely gutted out of that, that original film. It's a shame, mm. but we get to see that whole thing now, which is obviously very cool. Okay. But past that, um, really, there's not much more else to say. Hopefully, we'll see him in some future projects. Uh, hopefully, he'll get a chance to do something super awesome, and I can't wait for that. Yeah. See, my guess with him in terms of Cyborg would be if Zack was able to do a film that involved Cyborg, whether it would be a solo film or Justice League 2, obviously, and has her own ideas about that. But uh, I, I, I think it would be a case where, sure, it would still be under the roof of Walter Hamada but if Zack was directing I feel like he would possibly come back well if it was like a different director and it was still Walter Hamada at the head of DC I don't think he would he would do it so uh, yeah. it's a shame but uh yeah that is what that is so um the other thing I wanted to kind of add in Wonder Woman is awesome in this film as well I mean all the characters are but I think Wonder Woman kind of sticks out as well in this film uh, none of my other notes I can really talk about in the spoiler-free section. Do either of you have any spoiler-free notes uh, for the for the film? Um, the, I mean, the only other thing I, I guess was there was a the the uh, the format of it possibly, um, which there's been some talk about the the fact that it was in four by three rather than sixteen by nine. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm I I was okay with it. It didn't bother me as much as I thought it would. Uh, I know some people were kind of like, oh, I can't believe they've done it in this format. I mean, I get why it was done like that. And I, I don't think it was a slightly strange choice when they knew it was going to be released on HBO Max to not do it in the sort of TV, standard TV widescreen format than 
you know, and do it in four by three. And the reason being it was shot for IMAX originally. And that's, so that was how they shot it. So that's how he kept it. I can sort of see if they don't want to do two cuts of it, why he might do that because, um, I'm sure moving forward, this will be something that ends up getting shown in IMAX cinemas. So, you know, when the cinemas are all reopened and stuff, this will be something that ends up going on on a fairly reasonably regular basis. I suspect it will get a cinematic release in IMAX cinemas. But um, so I, I can sort of see why they'd put it in that format. But it just seems weird that they didn't decide to recut it mm-hmm. for when they were putting it together. Initial. Yeah. yeah. It, that that seems a little odd, but mm-hmm. you know, fine. Um, it, it once you kind of got used to it, it didn't bother me all that much. It's just a little weird watching something in. It's like going back to the eighties, <laughs> watching something in four by three. Yeah, I I got used to it straight away, and I had no issues with it really. Yeah, so, yeah. Um, Robert, any thoughts on that? Uh, no, not off the top of my head. It's just one of those things that it is what it is, and so we just you know. Yeah, go with that. Uh, on a personal note, I'm fine with the theaters never opening again. I hate the theater experience. I'd much <laughs> rather sit on my couch. Yeah, mm. no, I mean, it's like the uh, the fact that they're starting to release. I mean, we're not getting it over here, but if you you know all the Warner movies are coming onto HBO Max, um, which is is great, you know, because it's like you'll be able to just sit and watch them from your home for free because they're all coming on for free for a limited period of time after which is it's a shame they don't do that over here really mm-hmm. uh, well not technically for free i mean it is a paid service but you, well, they're yeah, not but they're not, not going additional. the disney plus route right. of oh There's you're no already buying the service access. give yeah. us another 20 bucks if you want to see this yeah yeah and i mean they've been they did that with some movies on sky over here where uh like wonder woman um it was like 20 quid to rent it which is insane and i know their logic behind that is is oh it's the price of your average two cinema tickets but i live on my own so you're essentially forcing me to pay double for it so you know what's uh, really really wild is over here in the states hbo max has already removed wonder woman 1984 you cannot stream it on that service yeah, I, I I saw that. It's only they're, they're only putting them up for like you know a few weeks on the after the sort of when it's released in cinemas, it goes up for like two weeks or something, and then they take yeah. it off again. Yeah, and that's actually the the second move they pulled because you used to be able to get a seven day free trial of uh, HBO Max if it was your first time signing up, but they canceled that ten days before Wonder Woman nineteen eighty four was going to get released on the oh. service. Ah. Uh. Yeah, just a question, just a question on that. Something I've just kind of realised. So, Wonder Woman eighty four, which came out before Snyder Cut, because that came out in January, at least for us over here, it was yeah like sixteen or seventeen pound VOD, and then Snyder Cut was released on Sky Cinema, which I think is like ten pounds, but that's for the whole month. So that not only gives you access to that film, but Sky Cinema's yeah. library. I guess some different deal was struck there. Yeah. So, yeah, it was yeah. basically. Yeah, Cause they, it, cause they, you could also go and buy it on like it. Amazon and stuff as well. So that's probably right, yeah. yeah, just a different deal. Uh, last thing that we need to mention in the um, spoiler-free section is actually going to our rating rating system. I've already written in the draft must see because that's uh, what, what I'm going to put for it. But uh, would you guys agree with that? I suppose with the, um, the rating. Yeah, side? yeah, Robert? yeah. I think so. 
Yeah, definitely I would rate it as a must-see if you're interested in that universe. Obviously, not everybody's yeah. into superhero films, mm-hmm. and four hours is a very long time commitment for a movie. Um, actually, I kind of would have liked it more if they had done it as a two-parter, but you mm. know, that's just me, personally. Yeah, maybe, maybe. Uh, but that's it for the spoiler-free section. we got some things to get into in, in the spoilers, but uh, let's do some housekeeping first, let you know what else we've been doing on Entertainment Talk, and we'll see you in a minute. Hi there, and thanks very much for listening. Today I'm here to tell you about our two different affiliate links, the first of which is our Amazon affiliate link. That's where you can shop on Amazon. We can get a small cut of what you spend, but it won't cost you anything extra. So whether you're getting a gift for somebody else or treating yourself or maybe both depending on the occasion we can get a small cut of what you spend but it won't cost you extra you can find the link to our amazon affiliate link in your show notes the second affiliate link for today is our Kualu affiliate link if you want to get started with a website and a domain name of your choice you can simply sign up with Kualu using the link in the show notes they also have a live chat support system that's in the bottom right hand corner as well so if you need help with getting set up Kualu will be able to help you with that as well the links for both of these can be found in your show notes for Kualu and the Amazon affiliate link if you would like to get the ad-free versions of Entertainment Talks podcast and support us along the way, you can simply sign up over on our Patreon page. You can sign up either as a creator or as a patron. There's no difference there for the time being. And you can get your ad-free podcasts over there. It's a great way to support us on Entertainment Talk and to get rid of the ads and get your ad-free podcasts. You can also support Entertainment Talk on Patreon at the $3 level tier. This gets you a chance to request a review from us of your favourite TV show or film. But it's one per month. So one TV show or film review per month. It's up to you which one you want to choose. We will watch a few episodes of the TV show that you choose. Or of course if it's a film we'll just watch that film and we will review that for you on that month and then when it gets to the next month you can request a new TV show or a film review of your choice that's $3 level tier that does also of course include your ad-free podcasts for the month as well thank you very much for listening and enjoy the rest of the show alright recently on Entertainment Talk I did a couple of reviews last night Uh, one of them was for Servant it's on Apple TV Plus uh, both seasons are available and both have been released for their full season. Season 1 and 2 of the serv- of uh, Servant available on Apple TV+. Plus. I gave that a must-see rating. Uh, the Flight Attendant, another HBO Max Sky sort of joint thing. Uh, HBO Max for the US and Sky, uh, now TV for, for the UK. Uh, don't skip for The Flight Attendant Season 1, the Kaylee Koku, I think is how you say her surname. Uh, her show about uh, she wakes up next to a dead guy and she has to figure out what's going on basically uh so there's that which i gave a don't skip rating to david you've seen that show as well haven't you i think uh, uh only seen the first episode so far but okay. um yeah it's it's a great series i mean i loved the first episode i've got to catch up with the rest of it now mm-hmm. cool uh the other thing the walking dead still continuing season 10 episode 20 the fourth out of the six bonus episodes so that was good and we'll be back next week to talk about the next episode a uh, special episode this week the 250th episode of the gaming talk podcast robert joined me to talk about the new life is strange game and uh, square enix's presentation of sorts where they announced a couple of things as well uh, the psvr2 controllers which are the controllers for obviously psvr2 the upcoming vr vr system for the ps5 uh, they've released images so 
you can go and look them up yourselves if you want to see what the PSVR controllers look like or the PSVR 2 controllers look like and I compared them to the move controllers which are actually for the PS3 so uh, I talked about all those and we did a fun little speaking of the rating system we did the, a fun little ratings game I wrote down a bunch of games and me and Robert judged what those games should be rated from Entertainment Talks ratings system uh, speaking of the Snyder Cut, which is what we're here to talk about, uh, I did a follow-up to my uh, First Impressions Snyder Cut uh, podcast, uh, the spoiler-free one, uh, talking about DC needs the Snyderverse to compete with the MCU. We kind of talked about that a little bit in the spoiler-free section earlier, just planning and films and all that sort of thing. But I talked about it more on a, a business kind of side of things because they do make the same type of films, comic book superhero films. So they do have obviously the competition there. So I talked about that. Uh, Manchester United are out of the FA Cup, uh, 3-1 defeat away to Leicester. There is currently the international break and England beat, I think it was San Marino, like it was a training match by five goals to nil. I'm not covering the England games because I'm not particularly bothered. But uh, Man United will be back in a couple of weeks to, to play uh, their next sort of teams. But it will not be in the FA Cup because they're out of that competition. Uh, one of the games that they are going to be playing is the next round of the Europa League. Manchester United beat AC Milan by one goal uh, away from home in the Europa League against AC Milan. And that will be in a couple of weeks on a Thursday night. So have a look out for that when we return as well. Uh, and that is everything we've been doing on entertainmenttalk.org and on podcast platforms so if you've not seen Zack Snyder's Justice League or the Snyder Cut whatever you want to call it uh, go on to HBO Max or go on to Sky Cinema go and watch it uh, and then come back and listen to the rest if you want to click the podcast off you can either press the home button press pause click back just switch the podcast off in some way shape or form that you're able to do that uh, so let's get into spoilers I want to get into one of my notes uh, the what I think is one of the best lines in the film Superman um, Steppenwolf goes to kill him because uh, he's doing something with the mother box um, and the other superheroes have been sort of knocked over Steppenwolf walks around he says for dark side or something like that that's not the line I'm talking about but that was in the scene goes to swing his axe of sorts and Superman at the last second flies in the blade pits his shoulder he just stands there and takes it not impressed blows the wind thing or whatever or turns his uh uh, blade thing to, to ice or whatever he did and uh, knocks that and then just punches Steppenwolf back and proceeds to beat the crap out of him to the point where one of his pawns <laughs> come off his head uh, just that line not impressed he just he just stands there he's got his hands behind his back his cape is flapping he's in the black suit he's back and uh, obviously saved Cyborg at that particular point and uh, proceeds to beat the crap out of Steppenwolf um, David what did you think of that triumphant return moment for for superman yeah i like that scene a lot um i i like the uh the the sort of way that he joins back into the fight mm -hmm. um yeah i and i thought that was a great scene that i thought a lot of the action sequences were, were really nicely put together i mean yes necessarily in slow mowing places but you know it's it's lack that's what he does um the one thing with the superman return the black suit, again, it's another one of those things that Zach threw in, I think, because he <laughs> thought it was cool. And it's utterly unnecessary. Because logically to me, if you're going to kind of say, hey, it's Superman and he's back from, you know, uh, he's back from the dead. Wouldn't it make more sense for him to turn up in the sort of bright suit that everybody knows and loves? Or even, you know, the more interesting thing would have been to go back and do it retro and have him like turn up 
in the the suit with the underpants on the outside you know the with the the red kind of uh you know underwear sort of thing <laughs> i think that would have been a more interesting way to do it than put the black suit in um because it looked cool you know <laughs> um so whilst i i love that scene that that was just not things that i dislike about it but just little things that were kind of odd choices on on uh his part and you know again it's zach doing things to look cool but you know i'm like i'm fine whatever you know and mm-hmm. it's i i know what i know the thing the black suit is a thing that is from the comic books that he wears when he comes back after he's died but there is a reason for it in the comic books whereas there isn't a reason for it in this film other than oh black's cool you know um so I, I did think that was a slightly odd choice. But yeah, I mean, the scene, the, that particular scene itself, I thought I was really mm-hmm. good. The the black suit wasn't in Justice League, was it? Or am I not remembering that film properly? I don't think so, no. No, it was in the uh, Crisis episodes, wasn't it? I think. The, the, the okay. uh, Arrowverse thing. I think it Ty- may I th- have been. I think Tyler wore, wore that in, in one of those episodes. He but no, I don't. I d- may have done. But yeah, I don't remember it in the uh, the Justice League. It's just to me, it's just the just the way he flies in. He lets that blade hit his shoulder. He doesn't like. Oh yeah. Try, try and move out no, the that... way. He doesn't deflect it. Doesn't hold his hand. He just takes it, and then it's just yeah. like disregarding his disregarding his wardrobe. I think that that scene is great. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That that whole that whole final sort of that whole actual final sequence with. Um, uh, yeah, with the Flash sort of, you know, because there's, there's the thing of right, trying, trying to, to stop around. him yeah. and Flash is trying to sort of run in and ends up having to sort of slightly push back time to, to rewind time slightly. Um, I I thought that whole sequence was brilliant. I really enjoyed that and thought it worked really well. Mm-hmm. It's just the way he looks at his, the, the blade as well. He just looks at it and he's like, what's this thing? Not impressed. Mm-hmm. And then just, just beats the crap out of him. I thought it was great. Uh, Robert, what do you think of uh, Superman's lack of impression of Steppenwolf? Definitely, him being a little bit more moody is more in character with him, just, you know, coming back from the dead and all that other fun stuff. Uh, it's kind of weird that road they were going down with him of him turning evil, which you know has been done a few times in the comics and the cartoons. Uh, but yeah, we're definitely getting more a more aggressively violent Superman from that point on. Um, I mean, I get that he, you know, just let that thing hit him because he knew. He, he could already fine. tell that yeah. it wasn't kryptonite, so there's no reason it would hurt him. So just you know, go ahead and just let it punk off of him. <laughs> um, past that, eh, I'm not the biggest fan of you know dark moody Superman, but that's Batman's job. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 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 kind of is. Um, so that was one of the moments I wanted to talk about. Um, yeah, Wonder Woman and the bank heist scene, which we did have a similar version of. In the uh, in the Justice League, there was actually I watched this video as this side by side comparison. Um, now the Snyder version of it slows down or, or pauses, sorry, a few times for the Justice version to kind of catch up, I think, or or, or something like that. Um, so that was that was kind of interesting to see. It, it's a, kind of the same scene, but just done so much better, which is what this film is is similar story, longer with with more characters. But just so much better in in the similar execution. But yeah, they get she goes to the the bank heist thing and she tries to stop these guys and everything. And j- just the way the Wonder Woman music kicks in, she dodges a couple of those bullets and then just goes sort of like left to right 
on that group of people, uses her like metal arm brace thing, starts deflecting a bunch of bullets, takes out all the guys, the way she just sort of fl- flings them around the room I think is great, and then, uh, you know, once she's defused, the, or not defused the bomb, once she's thrown it into the air and let it blow up. Uh, her conversation with that girl I thought was really moving as well, because she's like the only one that doesn't, she's the one that's sort of still kneeling, um, when, when she tells everybody to get up, and then, you know, Wonder Woman asks her what's up, and uh, she says, oh, can I can I be like you someday? And she's like, you can be whatever you want to... I think she says, like, you can be uh, whatever you want to be. Um, I thought it was quite inspiring and kind of heartwarming and uh, just a really, really good, really, really good scene overall. But just, yeah, the, the line from the girl, the action from Wonder Woman, the music, again, which was great, the Wonder Woman kind of theme. Um, really, really enjoyed that. Uh, David, what do you think of the uh, changes in the bank heist scene? Uh, overall, really good. Uh, again, it was another great set piece. Um, I, the only slight issue I had with it was the way she dispatches the final guy. Um, by you know, she I, I, doesn't she like hand clap and sort of blast him out yeah, of yeah. the wall. He goes through the Fine. wall. Fine. Yeah. Y- yeah. Um, I, and I understand she's got to take him down, but I'm sure there must have been a way of doing that that didn't involve her actually taking out half the wall and splattering like large chunks of concrete onto the various police that were gathered outside below. Um, that that didn't seem very safe to me. I, you know, it was one of those things I looked at and thought, um, I, that she really didn't think about that very much. Because, uh, you know, they're really flying bits of concrete outside, uh, sort of landing on cars and potentially kind of people stood underneath and that sort of thing. So th- that was the only thing that kind of, I kind of thought, well, yes, it looks cool, but that that was that was very recul- reckless, I thought. Um, but overall, I mean, I thought that scene was, was uh, really well done. I, I, I mean, it's been so long since I've seen the first version of it, I can't even remember that scene in the first version uh so but yeah i thought the 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 high scene was kind of interesting and it was a good way of showing off that character i think mm-hmm. well it's not going to be a snyder movie unless you at least have a double digit body count from collateral damage <laughs> that's true yeah yeah i mean that was my thoughts in the uh, batman versus superman was just like how murdery batman was throughout that whole movie yeah there's like three or four fight scenes where guys get slammed against the wall and you just see giant splatter but blood from behind their head and i'm like yeah that guy's dead and there was this other scene where he was driving over cars and just crushing them like a monster truck and i'm like yeah there's like three people dead in there yeah yeah uh but what do you think of the bank heist scene robert uh it was good i don't know why they felt the need to make those changes but they did so um i'm i'm agreeing with david that was like really weird way to end it i mean just bizarre mm-hmm. yeah yeah uh let's see gone over jared leto's joker cyborg's awesome wonder woman's awesome bank heist scene superman not impressed anna marie's comments um i mean there's other things we're going to talk about here but uh, let's move on from my notes uh robert what did you have written down anything in particular yeah my kind of shock with the movie was how much they changed ezra miller's character in the flash i did like some of the extended scenes uh we get to see him you know using his powers a lot more and 
as much as I am a fan of Snyder and his work, and as much as I'm not a fan of Josh Whedon as a human being, he does humor in action movies way better. And that's the one thing I will say about that. Because The Flash has always kind of been like comic relief. You go back to the Justice League cartoons, a lot of the a lot of the early works, um, you know, the the Flash TV show that's on that now. It's always the that humor has always been there. And that humor was completely gutted out of the Snyder Cut. I mean, all the funny scenes that made me laugh with Flash's character were just completely gone, even like the accidental ones. And I just don't get why that change was made. Hmm. I thought there were still some comedic scenes with him. Um, not not all of them necessarily worked for me. I, I will say on uh, on Ezra's Flash, I liked him more in this film, but I'm still not like completely sold on him obviously we're supposed to get the uh flash film next year which was supposed to come out three years ago but anyway um <laughs> but obviously they had to make make some changes so I'll, I'll see what he's like in that obviously that's supposed to be more of a flash point story as opposed to a flash kind of solo film because they're supposed to have like different batman in there or whatever they're doing uh so we'll see how that works but it it that character was better for me in this film but just not quite completely sold on that uh on on that version quite so yeah and I, I don't know if that's like because i've watched grant's flash for six odd years or, or whatever how long ever it's been um or if that's because i'm just still not quite i mean we haven't seen that much really of ezra's flash we had what like the little cameo pieces i suppose in batman vs superman and then the, the two justice league films that we got um, so we haven't seen a massive amount of him, but maybe it's just the case that he needs a little bit more of the spotlight, possibly, which he's supposed to get in uh, in the Flash film. So I don't know. Um, David, what do you think of uh, the Flash in this film? Um, yeah, I mean, I I like Ezra as as the Flash. Um, the Flash TV show he's been very uneven more recently, I think, and uh, you know, no no, no friends to. Grant, I think Grant is great in it. I, the overall, I think, don't think the writing was particularly strong last season at all. And um, and you know the it that season's sort of effectively just finished. Um, even though we are in the next season because they tagged on the end of last season into this season. Right. So um, I was not a fan of that overall plotline, and uh, I'm you know so I'm looking forward to to seeing where they go now. They're sort of out of that because um, I thought the end. The sort of what effectively was the finale of that season was terrible um so um it, it's interesting to see this sort of you know this version of uh flash i actually i like the fact that there is some humor in there i don't think it's all gone um yeah i i do agree that they you know they've taken the comedy down of quite a lot but i think it still was in there you know there was there was lines particularly between uh batman and alfred i thought there was a number of line comedy lines in there and uh, flash did have some stuff in there as well um so i don't think it was completely removed but um yeah they did tone it back down again um I, and i think that's that's part of, just because you know one of the things i think one of the directions that joss was given when he came in to take over the film was make it funnier um and that's what he attempted to do uh, with it um i and i don't think all jossie jokes particularly worked i mean they did some of those are a bit problematic when you go back and look at them now as well so i you know i i think that there is still humor in there in, i i do like Ezra miller as 
as the flash in this i thought the uh there was sort of the interesting kind of change to his backstory in this and you got to see a bit more of that um so yeah i mean i i'm interested to see what they do with the movie i think um uh, it, it's difficult because you've not seen huge amounts of him. You know, there was the the bit yeah. in the TV show uh, when they flash bet flash. We had that, and you know the stuff we've seen in the you know previous films, and then in this version. So this is probably him, and I do like him as Barry Allen in this. Um, so I I will be, but yeah, it's going to be interesting to see him in a full film. I think moving forward. Mm-hmm. Most interesting scene to me with the Flash was um, when he's actually running around and stuff, and he's communicating with Victor, and uh, he's like, "Hey, Victor, I can't hold this much longer because he's just really, really going you know round and round, whatever." Mm. And uh, just, just him kind of again the the team thing that you kind of talked about earlier, which I fully agree with yeah. by the way. Um, which also this help this film really helped me with was okay. They're not just a bunch of superheroes stuck together fighting; they actually have their own particular roles and on the spoiler free impressions thing that i did um you've basically got so you've got the the tech characters which is batman and cyborg they're the ones that are going to be doing your doing sort of tech things and then you've got more of the the power characters which is arguably aquaman superman and wonder woman the the characters that are going to be punching the enemy about so to speak you know and then you've got the guy who well runs around helping people uh, or helping the team, which is which is the Flash. So they all have their own particular role, and I think this film really, really helped establish that. And it really helped me as a viewer to understand, okay, I knew what they could all do. You know, Superman can fly, Batman can do this, Cyborg can do that, whatever. But just establishing it so much better. Um, it also still does come into kind of the problem of, okay, you didn't have a solo Flash film, you didn't have a solo Batman film, you didn't have... Uh, we had a solo Superman film. You, you didn't quite build up to this film in the way that you were supposed to. Mm. So trying to sort of get, do you get what I mean? Trying to sort of get all those like, okay, this is, okay, you know who this character is, but what are they about? What can they do? How do they contribute to this team? Uh, the This film was just so much better, I think, at, at doing that. And um, yeah, just, just his kind of role as well, you know, because there's the scene where... Um, also, I think Steppenwolf's got like a bunch of hostages and they're all kind of, they're, they're all kind of running around fighting the the enemy and helping out but it's sort of like he he goes back and forth between checking on on the, the hostages and checking on the the team and kind of you know literally running around helping each other while the other team is is doing what they've got to do um i thought worked really really well because for the most part you kind of had because obviously superman didn't come into this until sort of like the last act so you super you sort of had for the most part aquaman and um and wonder woman kind of being the ones that bashed Steppenwolf around a bit and then you kind of had Cyborg and Batman communicating with the tech stuff they were kind of doing their own little thing but still contributing to the team and then yeah like I said Flash was just kind of running around uh helping each other and I think that, that all just worked really really well and as I said I'd love to see that continued in Justice League too but yeah <laughs> so um but yeah that's that's that for the Flash uh what uh other notes do you have um Robert Really, that was all that I had that I wanted to talk about just because that was the biggest difference in terms of characters that I'd seen in the movie. Obviously, Cyborg, most of his stuff got cut out, so I don't really count that. Um, You know, Diana and Aquaman pretty much stayed the same, although we did get more of Aquaman. Uh, We also got to see where his armor came from. Um, Mm. 
But outside of that, that was just the one that stuck out with me the most because it was so different. Mm-hmm. Just speaking of Aquaman as well, there's one thing I forgot to mention, and obviously I can do it here in this in the spoiler section. His introduction scene, the whole like Batman going to meet him, that still just didn't quite work for me. I don't think there's no specific problems to me with that scene, but it just doesn't quite. I don't know something about it doesn't flow all that well to me but once they sort of had, had done it I'd kind of forgotten about it or whatever but uh, I don't know it's uh, like I don't know just that, that scene didn't particularly f- flow that great for me um, but uh, I'm, I'm not going to sort of like nitpick that too much so um, alright David what did you have kind of written down the the other character for me which went through quite a massive change um, was Steppenwolf himself mm, um, much better because in the f- in the first film, as far as I remember, he didn't. The motive basically was me big, me evil, me bad, me will like smash things. Yeah, I'm evil. Why want to take over the world? Sort yeah, of, yeah. Um, and giving him uh, that sort of backstory of you know um, he's fallen out of favor with Darkseid. He's you know you've got him communicating with the Sard, who is. He's basically sort of saying, "No, you're on the out. You basically you can't come back until you've you've conquered ten thousand worlds or whatever it was." Mm, uh, yeah. And he's trying to get back into the good graces of his master, and that sort of changes the character quite a lot. You know, and there's a purpose for him being there, and also, I mean, the the changes of of the reasons why the mother boxes are are there i mean that big flashback that we get which was sort of very reminiscent of the there's a sequence in the lord of the rings where they do a thing about in i can't remember which movie it was but one of the films has a thing of them how the rings were uh originally you know forged and then split up amongst the various things it was it was very rem- reminiscent of of that so you got sort of all that sequence as well um but I, the the changes to Steppenwolf, I think, just made far, far more sense to me. And also the reason that suddenly why he's there now, the fact that the boxes have started, you know, because Superman has died, the boxes have started mm. to call out to... He shouted really loud, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, uh, <laughs> Well, it's it's because because of the fact that they've you know there is no Kryptonian there and he's the one thing that can stop them and that's the reason yeah. why they realise yeah. they need to bring him back. I mean that that actually I thought was a, a you know quite a reasonable clever bit of writing for you know the fact that okay the the boxes have you know they are somewhat sentient they've realised that Superman is no longer there to protect them so they are safe to kind of go and call to try and get you know be be picked up by these people and they start to call out and that's why steppenwolf ends up there so i that that to me just made a lot more coherent of the sort of reasoning why everything was happening and also the reason why they risk so much to try and bring superman back you know that is the one thing that could stop him and which goes back to that superman scene of sort of when when he turns up at the end because the the biggest problem you always have with Superman in a team film is the fact that Superman is by far the most powerful thing on screen. Yeah. So it makes the rest of the team pretty much superfluous. So it's always quite difficult to craft a story that that works without you know where 
Superman couldn't have just done it by himself. You know, there needs the other people there. So I think that, you know, the the fact that they sort of killed him off and kind of kept him off screen until that moment, pretty much, um, I, you know, that that was quite useful um, in terms of telling the plot. But um, yeah, so I I sort of liked the that whole sort of setup and and what they did with Stephen Wolf. I think that was um, one of the most interesting changes for me in it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I really liked Steppenwolf in this film more as a as a villain and stuff. Uh, you know, him kind of visiting um, the different places he was going to, and you know, trying to because uh, he goes to like Wonder Woman's people, and then goes to Atlantis and tries to get the mother boxes and things. Um, obviously, we know that the third one, what was it in like Victor's wardrobe or something like that? Basically, <laughs> it, it yeah, was, yeah, yeah. It was it was in his house. Um, him going to those different locations and like fighting the characters and things and. Um, just the yeah, him feeling so much more like a well, a better developed character, and especially with those scenes as well, the the ones that you mentioned where he's kind of bringing the mother boxes back and like slotting them in the in the thing. Uh, it's almost like in a game when you get a piece of loot and you have to kind of put it in a chest or something. <laughs> yeah, but uh, it's sort of like a mission complete kind of thing. He, he's got the loot; he's just got to get it back. But um, yeah, him going to those scenes and even because there was a mixture of those scenes where it was okay. He had one of the boxes went to put it in the slot and then like you know was told to go and get the next one but then you've also got the other scenes where he's talking to what was the guy's name that it was Desaad uh, Desaad yeah when he was talking to him and saying about you know dark side and everything and even because some of those scenes aren't him going back to get the box some of them is basically this guy saying you know you haven't earned you know you haven't you haven't earned your place back kind of thing and yeah. uh, you know him, him kind of see, seeming him still seeming like a big character, but one that's got to you know earn earn his way back in. I thought was much better, and you kind of missed all of that in the in the in the Justice League. I mean, he was yeah because he was kind of just there to fight our heroes, and that was kind yeah. of it. Because uh, I remember at the time, now obviously it was a long time ago, so I don't remember exactly what I said. I think on our Justice League review, I was sort of like, okay, Steppenwolf is basically just a bit of a stepping stone to Darkseid. Um, but in this, he's, he's still kind of that, but he's a much better stepping stone, I suppose. Yeah. Because uh, he's the lower tier villain, but he's still he's, he's just a much better villain in this film. Also, the design I thought was much better, and the way that it... Because you, when you've got such a shiny piece of armor like that you've got to make sure that the lighting's done really well on it and uh, i'm not really a visuals person per se but you know i'm not blind so i can see when things are done very very well uh but that's just a very important aspect to get that right so um yeah i was i was definitely impressed with with steppenwolf um what do you think robert of uh, steppenwolf in the film yeah i didn't even count that from the original film because i don't really feel like the original film the steppenwolf character was ever an actual character he was yeah, just yeah, kind yeah. of there um so yeah I'm, I'm not a fan of the wacky armor cgi thing but outside of that i thought it was really good mm-hmm. um definitely gave him uh, an, an actual purpose an actual direction an actual way to uh get everything going um we definitely got a better sense of that character mm-hmm mm. yeah so i guess the problem now and i know we kind of talked about it a little bit earlier is yeah Wonder Woman beheads him. His head goes through that portal thing. The Justice League can see Darkseid on the other side. Uh, Darkseid puts his foot on Steppenwolf's head. Does he crush it? I think he crushed it, didn't he? Or Basically, something like that. Yeah. I mean, 
not that he did him any damage. It wasn't attached <laughs> to his body at the time. Yeah, yeah, but he sort of, you know, puts his, his, his foot on top of his head and that kind of thing, and Darkseid is teased as, okay, he's he's the next one, but obviously we know what's going on with Justice League 2. So that's, that's again, when I want to compare the Thanos thing, because the, with the Thanos, like, picking up the gauntlet and, yeah. you know, I'll, I'll do it myself, that's the same type of teaser of like it, okay you know you know, you know the yeah. next and we we know that the the big bad's on his way so i don't know we'll we'll see what happens but uh because we is the thing at the end of the day even though Anne's come out and said no we've not got any plans they've had no plans to release the snyder cut and we well, have that yes, so exactly. things can change but at the moment uh not so so uh we shall see uh david anything anything else uh, I think we've talked about most of the other things. Um, just mentioned the the. I thought the big flashback scene was great. It was nice seeing a Green Lantern in there, even if you only got to see a tiny, tiny bit of it. That was really good. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, the, so I thought that was good. The fact that it it felt far more like a, a group film. Um, the 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 flash thing at the end with him sort of rewinding time which i thought was interesting it was sort of interesting knowing what we know about the or think we know about the flash movie as well but that's going to be a major plot point in the flash movie as mm. well because these are the key um, to that kind of thing yeah uh and and i mean the other the other things we've talked about the the sort of bank scene uh snyder putting things in just because they're cool uh it's it, i mean i i don't think that these are necessarily negative things. They're just sort of things about the film. The other thing that was sort of there, but utterly unnecessary, although I quite enjoyed seeing it was Martian Manhunter. Um, because yeah, he's for the next film, but yeah. Yeah. So. Um, I mean, there, there are a couple of issues I have with that. He clearly knew that this stuff was going on and doesn't decide to do anything until after it's all over and then turn up on Bruce's doorstep and go, oh, by the way, I'm I'm like this, you know, powerful mm. alien. It, um, could have helped you out, but I just sort of thought I'd stand back and let you deal with it and then come and offer my services afterwards, you mm. know? So it's a, it, it's a bit of a, like a Captain Marvel issue. It's like, okay, sure, she was brought in to help fight Thanos, but where has she been the whole time? But that will... yeah. Those things will happen. So, um, and and the other thing was how the it, it felt very crowbarred in the introduction of him because him you got this lovely scene between Lois and Lois and Martha, and then it turns out he Martha walks out and then turns into Martian Manhunter and you're like that, that okay but that that sort of takes away from any kind of emotional impact of that scene beforehand because it wasn't Martha, it was Martian Manhunter. And it, that seemed a bit unnecessary as well. Um, so, you know, yes, I love Harry, Harry Lennox. He's a wonderful actor. He's great in the blacklist. I think he's in, um, he's a, he's a great actor and, you know, I, it's, he's a great choice for it, but, um, that, that just, that character particularly as an addition felt very crowbarred in, um, the other person that we saw was Ryan Choi as well, which I thought was nice because I don't think he was in the original either. He was uh, and, no. uh, you know, uh, who of course goes on to become the Atom, although they've skipped an Atom because there was more. Um, I thought that that was nice to seeing him in there as a possible tee up for, you know, something moving forward again. You know, they let they left some interesting threads had they were going to do more of this yeah. um 
Yeah. And and it is a shame. And as you say, they, they always said they'd never release a Snyder Cut, and they did. So mm. it's not impossible that they yeah. may end up changing their minds at some point in the future. But yeah, we'll see. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But yeah, I like the you know, the tease at the end and you know him saying that there's a war coming. He flies off. He's speaking to Bruce and everything. Um, that was that was good, but then you know, obviously we we know what's kind of going on. So, but uh, I, I mean, in terms of the I guess Martian Manhunter, um, Lois scene, I guess the emotion they're supposed to be carried through to to Lois and her grief and things. So that's kind of what I got out from that scene. Um, talk about Lois yeah. as well because there was the the pregnancy test, um, that we that we saw a shot of. Now there was some uh, articles and news pieces and stuff that were. I mean, there was loads of them coming out after after Snyder Cut, just based on what Zach was gonna do all, all the cyborg stuff and justice league 2 and, and whatever else um there was some uh article that came out that uh now we don't know if this would definitely have happened i guess that that was supposed to be bruce's or it was going to be bruce's child and he was going to be like the next batman or something really weird like that i don't know how exactly that would work mm, but yeah because yeah, I, mm. I know that i know that zach himself has said there was going to be some sort of strange like Lois and Bruce relationship. I don't know how that would have all worked out. I guess that's based on her thinking that Clark is dead, I suppose. So I I don't know, but again, we're, uh, weird. Uh, yeah. 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 That 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 was one of the one of the stranger things that that Zeka said he had had plans for. All, all the other stuff pretty great, you know, Martian Manhunter and Darkseid and everything else, but uh yeah, I thought the whole relationship with Bruce possible child there is 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 a bit strange but hey if we <clears throat> if we'd have seen how that would have been executed maybe it would have been better than what we thought it was going to be but i don't mm. know so but yeah um what haven't we talked about uh, just just on batman himself he is he's an interesting addition because you can tell now it's not really a fault of the character it's just a point of what batman is i suppose He's not really... He, he's in there with his gadgets and stuff and his, you know, that uh, machine that he had and everything else. Um, he's not really one of the members that's, like, equipped for these otherworldly type no. of type of villains, certainly. Because you look at the other characters and they are more... Obviously, you know, they are more powerful than him. And it's funny with the line with... Uh, which I thought, I thought, I think was in justice league as well uh what are your powers i'm rich that the conversation yeah 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 yeah. which is you know bang on that's that's basically what batman is um but he's there more i suppose for the again the tech support i suppose um because he's he's not really going to be the one that's punching steppenwolf around isn't he he's that's more of a aquaman and and uh wonder woman's job so yeah but uh we we kind of saw that a little bit before we kind of saw that before with the bvs fight with uh with doomsday it was wonder woman and superman that were knocking him about and batman was just sort of providing support so but uh we know that that's what batman is so not to put the character down he's just more of a street level type of type of uh hero so um that's most of the events i think of the film i can't think of any other massive things that happened we talked about most of the characters we talked about most of the events things that were teased for the next film if it ever happens um and some some of the upcoming films as well um just a quick sort of what what are we what are we next looking forward to from dc films as stay away from the tv stuff for a bit uh just in terms of dc films uh for, for me uh batman next year i'm really looking forward to assuming these things come out when they're scheduled to 
Uh, Suicide Squad I'm looking forward to to see Margot Robbie's Harley Quinn back because we probably won't get a Birds of Prey 2 even though that film was great and not many people enjoyed it and it probably won't get a sequel so that uh, character will live on through that film. Uh, I'm looking forward to it anyway because you know, like you said the trailer looked pretty good so I'm looking forward to that. Uh, plus it's James Gunn I think he's going to do well he's done well before you know with, with Guardians and stuff he's got that kind of uh, thing going on there. Uh, Batman I'm looking forward to, Matt Reeves, Robert Pattinson, um, so we'll see how that goes. Black Adam for me, I don't have any interest in him at the moment, but that's because we don't know that much about it. Well, once we get maybe a trailer or something and I see more of what that character's about, maybe I'll take more interest, but I know nothing really about that character, so that's kind of the reason I've not much interest there. Shazam, I'm looking forward to, I like I like the, the first Shazam film, so I'm looking forward to that. I do hope eventually, because Black Adam is supposed to be a villain of his, isn't he? From he is, what yes. I understand. So hopefully if they do another film after those two, then maybe they'll kind of fight against each other. We'll see. Um, the Superman reboot, we don't know much about yet. So um not quite sure what else they've kind of currently got planned. But uh, David, what are you sort of looking forward to next from uh, DC Films? Uh, I think I think the Batman movie looks interesting. That mm-hmm. that does look good. Uh, the if the Flashpoint is this going to be this weird Flashpoint movie? I'm just really intrigued by that to see whether they can actually pull it off. Yeah. Uh, so that 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 I'm I'm not necessarily excited for, but uh, I am intrigued so, by. See, my question for that is: Are they actually equipped to do that? Well, the, yeah, that is the thing. <laughs> I yeah, I, I, I so. honestly don't know. Uh, and mm-hmm. So I, I'm intrigued by that, but I don't know whether they can pull it off or not. Yeah, um, I'm, I'm looking forward to Sarah's Supergirl. So, we'll, we'll yeah, see and the uh, the Justice League trailer that dropped looks wonderfully fun and just silly and over the top, as it sort of should be. Uh, not Justice League, the the uh, Suicide Squad trailer. Yeah, um, yeah. looks looks fantastic and uh silly and over the top and just wonderfully fun and i like james gunn's films so i think that's going to be really interesting uh i i just think that's going to be wonderful kind of escapism for a couple of hours so uh yeah that's uh that i think i'm probably looking forward to and black adam uh, yeah it's got an interesting cast to it um mm-hmm. i just don't I, and, I, I don't know anything about it so yeah yeah and i mean there's there's not that much story wise about it so far but i think mm-hmm. just given that the people are involved in it i think that's going to be an interesting movie is that 2023 i'm not sure they're supposed to be shooting it later this year so it might be or next it year but it could it might be... be 2022 yeah so yeah yeah um robert what about you future dc films well, I, I uh, did a quick look up to see what they all have in the pipeline. Um, as Matt knows, my favorite of all the, the DC movies was Shazam, just because it got away from all that moody darkness. Yeah, um, they, they are making a second one, um, so that's kind of on my radar a little bit. Obviously, Black Adam would follow up with that. Uh, oddly enough, HBO Max is doing a spinoff TV show for uh, John Cena's Peacemaker from the upcoming yes. Suicide Squad movie. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, the two that are just announced and don't even have scripts yet, they're doing a Blue Beetle movie and a Zatanna movie. So those, I think, could be interesting. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're also looking to get Guillermo del Toro to make a Justice League Dark live-action movie, which they've already done two animated ones on. 
and it'll be interesting to see if we get the character that's playing um, uh, brain work, the magician, the Don't why can that no um, the British dude that was oh in... uh, Constantine. Yes, thank you. Oh, I do not know why that word would not get in my brain. But yeah, yeah. The, <laughs> the I'm curious to see if they'll get the character that played Constantine in the uh, DC TV shows to do that because they kind of modeled him yeah. for the for the animated movies, and he's really good in that role. He is, and uh, what was slightly disappointing that they seem to be looking to cast somebody else in the because there's a a um bad robot are doing a justice league dark tv series for hbo max and they're looking to cast somebody else as constantine in that so mm-hmm. um it, it's whether that they then uh, are they going to have a different film entirely different film version and uh, maybe matt could do the film version which would be interesting but uh, yeah, I I don't know. They, again, this comes back to everything being disjointed and nothing <laughs> connecting to anything. Uh, they're supposed to have got a Lobo film in development, apparently, which could makes be no sense. Could be wonderfully bonkers, depending who who actually is in charge of that. Um, it, you need a sort of Takita Wahiti type person in charge of something like that, though, to mm-hmm. make it work. I think. Yeah. Um, there's talk of them doing a Nightwing film as well. well you have to do robin first so well or you well, have, not you have to reboot no. batman first then do robin then do nightwing so yeah the problem is doing <laughs> the problem is you then who who is you could put nightwing in if it's connected to say um affleck's batman but you couldn't do it connected to patterson's batman because he's not old enough so I, yeah, I, I don't know where you would fit that in. Um, mm-hmm. That that seems like, again, it seems like running before you could walk. So, you know, and I like Nightwing as a character, but... I remember, wasn't there one point where they had the Ben Affleck, ben Affleck solo film in development? They had a, I think it was a Nightwing film in development and the Batgirl one in development, all kind of at the same time. And then none of yeah. that kind of happened. I don't know about the Robin yeah. part of that. If there was Robin supposed was supposed to be somewhere in the mix, but yeah, you're supposed to sort of do. Well, there's always something in development somewhere. Mm. Um, <laughs> I I know I told you about it, but you look online um, on YouTube and look for Kevin Smith doing a speech at Clark College. He actually talks about his time with DC when he was attached to the uh, Nick Cage oh, Superman. Superman lives hilarious absolutely hilarious but they were also he was talking about some of the films they had in development and they were thinking of making a sequel to beetlejuice and it was beetlejuice goes to hawaii so right obviously that never happened um so there's a there's probably a thousand things that they have in development on some level that'll probably never get made yeah so we'll see we'll see what dc does what's successful what works and if we ever get a justice league 2 who knows maybe maybe in six years we'll, we'll be doing a justice league 2 podcast <laughs> i don't know because we, we don't know what's gonna happen so uh we shall see but uh thank you all very much for listening uh thank you very much david and robert for joining me uh for this snarly cut which again we didn't think we were gonna get and here we are talking about it so you just never quite know what's gonna happen hopefully Anne changes her mind or somebody changes her mind and uh, we will see what happens in the future. 
Uh, I think that's everything. We've we've covered covered a lot of things here today. So uh, thank you very much for listening. In the meantime. Uh, if you yourself, viewers uh, or listeners, sorry, have any thoughts, feelings, questions, comments on the Zack Snyder's Justice League or the Snyder Cut or anything DC related or anything Entertainment Talk related, uh, feel free to send all that in. Matthew at EntertainmentTalk.org, Twitter eTalkUK. There's a contact page and information in your show notes. Let us know what you liked, what you didn't, your thoughts on DC and everything else involved with that. Uh, so check, do, uh, do, do all that sort of thing. Uh, if you want to find everything else that we do on EntertainmentTalk.org, you can head over to there for our TV, video games, films, and in a couple of weeks' time, uh, Manchester United podcast as well. So uh, please check out all of that. Uh, speaking of David's things that he does, uh, Geek Town, GeekTown.co.uk and Geek Town Radio. If you do want to know about those upcoming DC things, uh, know what, if, you, if you're desperate for Plastic Man news, and if you want to know about uh, other TV and film news as well, uh, GeekTown.co.uk and Geek Town Radio. Geek Town Radio episodes come out on Tuesdays, so look out for them. On, uh, on that particular day. So please check out all that. Uh, Bex is streaming daily. Pretty much over on Twitch. Uh, is she streaming now actually? She was streaming at 7. Wasn't she? So she might be. Yeah she online. went. Because I actually thought she was going to be on this with us. But she uh, went live about no. an hour before we started recording. <laughs> yeah. So uh, you can find her on there. Trista Bytes. Trista B-Y-T-E-S. Go and give her a follow over there. You'll be notified when she goes live. I also stream as well quite regularly on Twitch. Uh, eTalk UK for that, go and find me on there and give me a follow on there uh, if you like what you've heard today and you want to support more of it there's some different options for you, Patreon $1, $3 level tiers for ad-free podcast review options if you don't want to do that, there's some different options as well, word of mouth and social media just simply tell people that you know to go to entertainmenttalk.org or to search for us on podcast platforms by searching for Entertainment Talk uh, Facebook, Twitter, Facebook groups, whatever you'd like to use you can use those as well and share the links and everything else around so please feel free to do that uh, Barry, who unfortunately couldn't quite be here today uh, he is doing his horror and his DC podcasts over on Talk and Stalk for the horror ones and Geektopia for the DC ones search for those on YouTube thanks for listening, we'll be back with something else soon and uh, thanks for listening, we'll see you next time goodbye goodbye Bye.